Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Phil Harvey. I'm an editor at Light Reading, and joining me as ever is my colleague, Kelsey Zeiser. Hello, Kelsey. Hello, Phil. How's things going? Pretty good. It's pretty rainy over here in Raleigh Town. Yeah. Well, welcome to fall. We finally... Uh, <laughs> yeah, finally. We, we're, we're getting out from under the oppressive heat, and we're finally enjoying some uh, some weather for humans, uh, which is nice. Um, I know you, you and I both have had, like... Uh, really uncomfortable summers. I mean, it's it's just been uh, way too hot. Yeah, um, for sure. But uh, uh, we can complain about the weather all we like. Uh, fortunately, we're all indoors now. And um, fortunately, we have uh, a guest who can talk about uh, something other than the weather. Um, one of the big uh, growth areas in telecom right now uh, is the enterprise uh, business. Uh, so whether it's SD-WAN or um, moving businesses to the cloud or helping them with just a general digital transformation. Um, it seems like the enterprise business of most of the uh, major telcos in the U.S. has had a, a significant uptick. And as, you're, as I'm talking to analysts and people who watch this sort of thing uh, by the numbers, that doesn't seem to be going away anytime soon. There seems to be quite a lot of uh, growth and opportunity there. So that's why uh, I'm really pleased that our guest today, uh, Mr. Lane Levine, he's the president of the Enterprise and Wholesale Business Unit at Windstream. Uh, hello, Lane. Hey, Phil. How are you? Good to, good to be here. Hello, uh, Kelsey. Hey, Lane. I'm glad you're here as well. Um, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. And um, yeah, and and, uh, and by the way, where are we catching you today? Where are you based uh, normally? Well, it, it's funny. Uh, we're complaining about the heat, and I, I'm down in Austin, Texas. So oh dear. Uh, <laughs> we, we have winter for about a month, and then it's summer the rest of the time. So oh, no. uh, we actually had a break. To, uh, a cold front came in last night, so I think we're at a nice balmy 85. Oh wow! Yeah. So there's a. a uh, so, so winter's maybe a few weeks off for you. <laughs> yeah, I, I would imagine that. I think we're supposed to be back up to close to a hundred later this week. But I love the heat. If you're in the communications yeah. business. You got to like the heat. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, how uh, uh, how long have you uh, been uh, been in the Austin area? Because that's also, boy, speaking of a, a place that's kind of having its uh, its cultural moment. Uh, it's been having a cultural moment for like the last ten years. It seems like. <laughs> I've been, I moved here in late 1999, and the difference between then and now is just insane. Oh, yeah. So you remember when there wasn't as much traffic. I remember when there was no cranes dotting the uh, skyline <laughs> off from Texas, and there was only one, one large uh, skyline event, and that was the uh, Tower of Texas at the University of Texas. And today we, we're starting to look like a, a big city. Was the, was the motto then still keep Austin weird, or is that a new... It, it is, and I wish uh, we're getting away from that actually. But uh, keep Austin weird is still still apropos with all the stuff going on today in in Austin and across the country, and in terms of people's thoughts and beliefs and all the things going on. So it's exciting, but uh, it's certainly a dynamic. Uh, we've had so much population movement, for, especially from the West Coast into Austin, Texas. It's been it's been interesting and kind of fun to watch. Yes, indeed, and we've we've enjoyed uh, going down there. Um, the past few years, we didn't go this past year, but um, uh, the uh, one of our big conferences, but uh, the one preceding the big five G event, uh, uh, was held in Austin for uh, for several years, and it, um, 
it was it was a great place to have an event. Um, people loved visiting there, and uh, like it, like you were saying, the uh, the quote unquote weird culture was was quite refreshing, actually. Um, I'll put a plug in for future events here in Austin, Texas. At the end of this month, we have the Nanog Conference, which is more of a wholesale uh, yeah. IP show, but that's uh, being held here in Austin, Texas, I think October 30, 30th, 31st. Yeah, I went to the Nanog Conference in uh, in DC earlier this year. Um, boy, uh, there's just some telco super geeks running around that show. <laughs> yeah, and it's, <laughs> it's a different uh, dress code for the Nanog Conference than any other of the conferences I attend. But uh, oh, for yeah. all the listeners out there, Come see us at uh, Come See Windstream Wholesale at Nanog. I'll be there for uh, most of the events. So I would love to love to meet uh, anybody who comes by and wants to talk about what we're doing from a network perspective. Yeah, if anybody's never been, um, uh, open toed shooter shoes are kind of optional at a, at the conference. It's definitely the uh, the 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 geekiest of the geeky, but um, <laughs> so really smart people. Oh, totally. Yeah, <laughs> if that. Really smart people. Really um, switched on about. Uh, you know, building the best possible network and sort of, you know, evolving networks and securing them and that sort of thing. I'll, I will say this about the Nanog conference, you know, they know what they're talking about because, um, uh, the Wi-Fi to the, to the whole show was not only the fastest I'd ever seen at any trade show anywhere, but it was a completely open, uh, protocol. There was no sign in required. You just like logged on and it, you know, connected immediately and it just blew the doors off anything I had had. People from the hotel were actually using the show's Wi-Fi because <laughs> they were blowing away what the hotel had, which was fantastic. Well, it's funny. I've often found that they they know what they're talking about because most people have no clue what they're talking about. When they, <laughs> when they get into a big room and start uh, talking some of this stuff, I kind of glaze over and uh, wait for a, a word I understand. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, uh, that, this is a great, uh, great setup, I guess, for for talking about um, you know what Windstream is doing in enterprise services. Um, I, I guess we should, I should defer here to Kelsey because Kelsey kind of covers uh, SD WAN for us, so um, that's definitely an area we want to talk about. Um, Kelsey, go go ahead. The floor is yours. Sure, and we actually had Windstream at a recent event, our NV and SDN event, and Mike Frain spoke a bit about yep. SD-WAN. And so, Lane, how has the conversation around SD-WAN with your customers changed since you started offering the service? Well, it's it's funny, and I've been in this industry longer than I care to admit and seen have seen so many new technology and technology transformations. And really, you know, I've been here I'm into my third year at, at Windstream, and one of the reasons I came to Windstream was because I loved the leadership and the thought process around moving to uh, moving faster and moving customers faster into a cloud cloud application, both hybrid cloud, private cloud, public cloud, and and the mechanism to do that is SD WAN. And three, four, five years ago, SD WAN was a big buzzword, and people were curious about it, but nobody was really deploying it. There was no uh, there was no um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, clear guidelines mm-hmm. and structure. It was a bunch of little yeah. companies starting. And some of those little companies that have started are now quite big. And, and the one we hooked our wagon to, Velo, uh, and we hooked our wagon to Velo early on. In fact, we're uh, without a doubt, the, from uh, we believe from our perspective and their perspective, their tightest partner in terms of adoption, how we got in together, got into each other's labs, started to really make this a, a 
not just a concept or a, hey, let's have a neat conversation, but take a real product that could go to the clientele. That's VeloCloud that's now part of VMware, right? Correct, correct. So three, four, five years ago, the conversation was more conceptual. Today, and, and the adoptions that you have seen really in the last three years, and you can see it in, in Windstream's performance and the numbers, and we talk about it, we'll talk about it here. It is the fastest growing piece of our business, and it's where we have decided, uh, and it, it wasn't just something we decided recently, this is what we decided three, four years ago, is that we were not going to be your old ILEC, CLEC, standard telecommunications company. We were going to structure our entire go-to-market strategy around how to take advantage of this SD-WAN technology, UCAS technology, how to create software that we own and create so that we can drive more applications, more abilities closer to the customer and give them without them having to hire hundreds or tens or hundreds of people to figure it out, but giving them easy, clear, single pane of glass operation over their network that allows for them to have application, especially with all the cloud applications being driven to people, to be able to take advantage of that without having to do network ripouts and upgrades constantly. And in a TDM world, even uh, uh, you just can't do that. It's impossible to take to move fast enough. So really right. attaching uh, our philosophy around the, what we saw early on would be the benefits of SD-WAN and UCAS and turning that into... Uh, products that customers could to really could number one understand number two afford and when they saw the benefits when they saw that they could run all their applications they could take their downtime almost to zero and we'll talk a little bit about that in a second and do it without having to become SD-WAN experts because we provide that expertise so it's been an amazing uh, adoption rate over the last three years mm -hmm. and if you take a look when we talk about Windstream and what we're doing I mean, our year-over-year -year growth, when we call it our strategic products, and it's really our SD-WAN, our SD-WAN concierge, our managed services, along with our UCAS, both our, uh, both our own um, UCAS we own, which is our uh, proprietary office suite, along with our relationships with Mitel and Avaya. There's no flavor of right. UCAS all the way to XCAS that we cannot combine with an SD-WAN application and create a network for folks that is bulletproof, that allows them control. It gives them the capabilities to go up, go down whenever they need to, and much clearer understanding of how their network operates. It's been fantastic. Our Kager year over year is over 44% just in those strategic products. Wow. Oh, just in SD-WAN and UCAS. Correct. I mean, three years wow. ago, to put a finer point on it, three years ago, rough, roughly three and a half years ago, less than 1% of our product uh, of our enterprise, windstream enterprise revenue was our strategic products. Today, we're trending upwards to uh, over 13%. And our goal uh, is to get to 25 to 30% by this time next year. Oh, that's great. Uh, the, the, the interesting thing in what you were saying about the sort of the introduction of SD-WAN, um, I, I totally uh, remember that, that, that in its introduction, it was viewed as a uh, you know, somewhat of a, a a pain for telcos or something that might be a a, a bit of a um, uh, something that telcos might panic about. And from hearing you talk, it sounds like it it's it's actually unlocked a bunch of creativity because it gave you abilities that you simply didn't have before. And now you can now since you understand the connectivity portion, 
you can combine, you know, expertise that was in the company already with sort of this new, this new way of looking at enterprise applications. And like you've said with the numbers, it's the growth is obvious. People are, um, the market was hungry for this and it's also, uh, um, helping out because it's a, a consistent recurring revenue. Uh, it's it's fantastic, and once clients understand, once they make the move, and it's all that's always the hardest part. Kelsey and Phil is get uh, you know just changing your network is always something that is scary to folks, and and that's understandable. But once folks start to, we do a lot of proof of concepts with folks. We'll put our SD WAN uh, network and our product on their premise, let them show them how to use it. And when they run it side by side against their legacy network, their legacy MPLS, and see what it does, the throughput, the uh, uptime, the ability to manage all their applications and, and prioritize their applications, it's simply a game changer. One thing I would, uh, you know, comment you just made a second ago, Phil, about the telcos being worried about it as a, as a revenue, yeah. uh, you know, eat up their revenue, their current high-priced MPLS. I would argue there is still a lot of that in, in some of my competitors. One of the refreshing things that we, and one of the things that really drew, drew me to Windstream was we didn't care about that. We, we actually looked at it in a different way. We believe that instead of worrying about it being a cannibalization event, we wanted to use it as a, a, an opportunity to guide people. I like to call it a, uh, like a Sherpa, a, tra- a technology trans- <laughs> transformation Sherpa, a guide helping folks go from, uh, from old legacy stuff to this brave new world. And as we've, sh- over time, sh- slowly showed people how we can do it, how we can help them do it, the acceptance is in, insane. But I will tell you, some of the other telcos, it wasn't that long ago, and I won't name the company, but I was having a conversation with uh, with their CEO where they said, I, we're not even sure SD-WAN is a thing. And I'm like, oh. this is a thing. This is <laughs> the next thing. I mean, again, going back, I've been in this industry for a long time, from going from private line to frame or ATM to frame relay to MPLS, IP, uh, IPVPNs, MPLS, the, you know, the, wow. the, the, the IP revolution. This is the next big technology transformation in the, in the communications world. And I think it's going to completely upend some companies' business models. And, and again, that's why I think Windstream is uniquely positioned because we bought in a long time ago. This isn't something we're just getting religion on. We've, uh-huh. been, we've been at it for almost five years. That's interesting too, because I I I think the um uh well I get a quick answer to this question, then we'll go to, go to a break. But the the you know you you note that MPLS of course um uh isn't quite replaced by SD WAN, um, even though it appeared even though it did that in some accounts, I'm sure um, you know because people were buying MPLS telcos were kind of overselling MPLS, I would think um, you know as like the only solution to uh, a private private slash managed, um, con- connectivity service, but, um, uh, does it pose a challenge to a uh, windstream or to, uh, service providers in general to have to run, um, not just MPLS, but also be, you know, going fast forward on SD WAN and also keeping this, um, you know, what's considered a legacy product going at the same time. Absolutely. And I think first of all, MPLS is not going to go away. MPLS will always be a for, especially for larger uh, organizations, will always be part, at least for the foreseeable future, will be part of the solution. Mm-hmm. But folks are now looking at and seeing the 
freedom they have both from an uh, application, a network growth, uh, being able to provide uh, resiliency at a cost point that is so much different than what they would have to do with an MPLS network that right. you're seeing that that's why you're seeing the adoption. Folks are saying, hey, I can run both and I can get the best of both worlds to, to your to your comment about other telcos and, and the the necessary experience being able to deliver both MPLS and SD-WAN. That's another area where, going back to our strategy, we've reorganized our entire company around uh, smaller, uh, agile teams that can have the experience to do both. Many communications providers out there today still will have a, uh, a silo that will do the MPLS installation, and they'll have yeah. a silo that'll do the SD-WAN implementation. And, and that's a, a recipe for disaster. You have to be able to tightly coordinate that. And and over time, I mean, surely we made our mistakes early on and we, you know, communications, you're going to make mistakes. But as we've honed our experience and our expertise, we've now put those teams all together so that it's a single track with single account ownership to make sure uh, that with each customer, because each customer's application and their uh, on-prem uh, equipment and what they're trying to do is all different. So you have to be able to be very nimble and agile when you're doing this. And mm -hmm. that's another area. It's not just the product. It's how we've orchestrated our entire company around being able to deliver these products in a way that sets us apart and, and quite frankly, creates a uh, massive differentia uh, differentiator for Windstream in the marketplace. All right, great. Well, let's, uh, uh, let's leave it there for a few minutes. We will uh, take a quick break and we will be right back on the Light Reading Podcast. with the light reading podcast i'm kelsey zeiser and i'm joined by co-host phil harvey hi phil hey how's it going good and we're also joined by lane levine with windstream good to have you here lane thank you kelsey thank you phil glad to be here so we've been chatting a little bit about sd wan and how the conversation has changed how windstream's approach has changed over the past few years uh, and you also have, you know, spoken with us about how uh, your approach with customers has been a little bit different than maybe some other services. Can you expand a little bit more on that? Sure. And thanks for the question. What, as we talked about the technology transformation that we've we've seen happening for decades, and now we're into another one, with, which I think is what's happening with SD-WAN. All the other technology transformations that I've experienced in my lengthy career in communications have really been driven by the, four, the largest customers as they start to use technology, whether it was ATM, Frame Relay, MPLS, and, and, and getting the benefits there. And then as time went on and those things became more uh, cost effective, then you started seeing those technologies driven down to the smaller customers, mid-markets, et cetera. What we have seen and, and what we're experiencing is completely different. We're actually seeing this, this technology transformation being driven by the needs of SMBs and mid-markets. And in fact, there's a, 
a couple of uh, case studies on the Windstream website I'd, I'd love for you to go go look at. But if you take a look at, for instance, ARC3 Gases, which is a uh, industrial gas company, there are 500 employees, a little over 500 employees, only um, you know roughly 52, 52 retail locations. And they were able to completely migrate from an MPLS world to an SD-WAN, a UCAS. We provided our SD-WAN concierge service, which is really where we handle absolutely everything. And the customer really just gets to sit back and kind of watch us go to work. Uh, and putting all that together... We, those are the type of customers we're seeing. If another example would be our Liberty Steel and Wire case study, which is about a 1,500-employee uh, company, but with only eight locations across the U.S. And because of those type of customers flocking to this technology and what it can do for them and what specifically we can do because we've been aligned around this technology and creating it so that it can be the go-to uh, product and technology for these type of customers – we're just seeing huge adoption. And it's the first time in my career where I've really seen uh, this more of a, a grassroots adoption of technology from the lower end of the, of the businesses to, to up towards the top end. Mm-hmm. In uh, those prior um, setups that you referenced, was there, um, I'm, I'm, and this is just a curiosity, were those two businesses by any chance buying from all kinds of different connectivity providers or were they all buying from Windstream and it was just sort of a technology migration? Both of them, uh, one of them had a relationship with Windstream, um, but we were not providing SD-WAN. They were uh, MPLS uh, product from another provider with lots of different access uh, from different access companies, whether, you know, name them all wherever they had to get their access uh, within the footprint. That's also one of the benefits that we have. We have a a diversified access portfolio. You don't have to be on our network to take advantage of our uh, SD-WAN portfolio, our UCAS portfolio, our managed services, or WeConnect portfolio. Yes, we can make it wildly attractive and it's, you know, we prefer you to be on our network, but if you're somewhere where we don't have network, that's okay too, because we've made a living out of creating uh, uh, an access portfolio where we go and we create the NNIs with whatever access provider in whatever region, we have them automated into our system. We've, we've negotiated aggressive pricing. So we can be that really that uh, conciliatory or consolation play for you from an access provider. So you don't have to go do that all by yourself and then package it with our SD-WAN and UCAS and really become a one-stop shop for our clients. Okay. And so looking at um, some of Windstream's other business services, what are your goals for Windstream Enterprise business in 2020? And what would you count as a successful year? Well, it's it's really the continuation of the strategy. I mean, w- without without a doubt, we are the largest in in the United States Velo uh, pr- provider out there. We have uh, over by the end of this quarter, we'll have over three, roughly three thousand, maybe a little higher, three thousand active individual customers on our SD WAN uh, product. We have today under contract and or billing almost 23,000 by the end of the quarter we should be above 25,000 think about that 25,000 individual sites of SD WAN and most of the time those are packaged not just with our SD WAN they have either our, our network access or our broadband or our 4G along with our UCAS whether it's our proprietary office suite or whatever uh, uh, one of the other products that we have and mm-hmm. so it's a really 
sticky and holistic solution for our clients, but it makes it easy for them. They can come to us and they can combine their voice, their data, their managed security, managed firewall. And then with our award-winning WeConnect portal, which allows them complete view across all network elements, across all the things that they need to see, do, touch, and have control over their network with a single pane of glass. It's Again, it's why I came to Windstream three years ago. They were so far ahead in their thinking and their development three years ago, and we're going to continue to fire away on that. Just, I mean, in terms of uh, we're hiring software uh, engineers, uh, code writers. I mean, we're really focused into turning this company, which I think we already have done, into a software powerhouse that really allows our clients the, the benefits of the technology that's out there with the know-how to get it done in an easy in an easy format that doesn't make people want to pull their hair out when they do <laughs> these technology migrations. Right. Well, that's good because you would have a bunch of bald customers. That'd be really <laughs> odd. Um, the, you know, I'm it's not going to say anything about that, Phil. I, I feel like the bald customers. <laughs> fine. Other customers. I'm, not, I'm not getting down on the bald customers. I'm just, just saying. It was just an observation. That's all. <laughs> um, the other uh, thing that's interesting to hear you say is that that you're, in, in, and I guess this is maybe what pinpoints where the growth is. It's it's it, it's really in this whole idea that um, prior services you almost had to buy a different type of network access for almost every single service, and it's like we're, what we're seeing. We're seeing all these enterprises out there that have so many different that have acquired and sort of keep maintaining so many different types of connections and applications over the years that I can totally see that there is a big business in just coming in and, and making it simple for them. You know, like you said, giving, giving them a single uh, point of view for their entire operation is something they've a probably never had before, but B it, it it's um, once you get that set up, it's incredibly uh, addictive. Like why would you ever leave that? It is. And going back to all those old, you know, if you think about TDM and T1s, that's just not scalable, especially when you need much more bandwidth to do all the things that are happening in the cloud or whether you're running your own applications in a private cloud or you're in a hybrid cloud environment. You have to have network scalability to be able to change things on the fly without doing a rip and replace. And SD-WAN combined with UCAS allows you to do that. It's it's really when I talk about a technology transformation, it is now happening, and I think it's going to be a seismic shift uh, in the telecommunication space in, in terms of who are the who are the leaders in this in this race and who are the laggards, and, and we are well on our way to being being the leader. So, as all your customers are, you know, undergoing these digital transformations, is there anything? new that um, they're demanding anything that maybe wasn't on the menu a couple of years ago? Oh my goodness. Every customer <laughs> has all sorts of new things they want to demand. Some of them are reasonable. Some of them not. <laughs> those, those bald <laughs> customers are, are probably <laughs> the unreasonable <laughs> ones right now. <laughs> Holistically, you know, security is crucial. And, and we just announced our, our relationship with uh, Fortinet. Mm-hmm. And in fact, have already started uh, deploying customers and sites with our security uh, pardon me, our Fortinet uh, uh, SD-WAN product, which okay. we're early to market with that. I think we were one of the first folks are obviously they want they want to see more. I think you're going to see a push in the future to more of a VAR model when it comes to SD-WAN where customers are still going to want to say, you know what, I still want to buy the stuff myself. 
and I still want to put it on my own network, mm -hmm. but I don't want to manage it. I don't right. have enough people. I don't have enough expertise. So I'm willing to pay you a monthly fee if you will be the, the managed services expert. And I think you'll see us uh, very shortly be a, uh, uh, once again, a leading edge leader in that, in that kind of product. Uh, so, and I think that's what you're really seeing. I mean, folks want to know that they can get the best of both worlds between the, what SD-WAN has to offer, what uh, the security experts have to offer. And I think you're going to see in the not too distant future, uh, they're going to want to see instead of having two or three uh, prem-based boxes, they're going to see we're going to be able to provide them one mm -hmm. uh, that's still to come. But uh, all of those are the areas that we're spending an inordinate amount of time in research, development, planning, in, in labs, working with our partners. Uh, and it's just kind of exciting to be in a company that it's been so invested and saw this transformation from an early stage and has completely reimagined our company around being the best at delivering these services. And you mentioned Fortinet. It seems like another benefit of SD-WAN is providing some of these really well-known um, security players, giving the smaller companies access to Fortinet, Zscaler, Palo Alto, companies like that, that maybe previously were out of their price range or, you know, now it's wrapped into one package for them, so to speak. That That's the whole concept. How do we make this so it's simple for that uh, that company like Arc Three Gases or Liberty Steel and Wire, who probably don't have the techno technological IT experience to go out and research, do it in their labs. You know, they have all sorts of day to day things that they have to focus on. We're we're able to provide that and then bring it to them in a package and in a in a product portfolio that they can afford, they can understand, and then we can do all the heavy lifting for them so that they can they can take the benefits that all these new technologies have to offer. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Well, we will. Uh, uh, that gives us something to uh, something to watch for, and also uh, monitor as we go. Um, Lane, thanks so much. Lane Levine, president of Enterprise and Wholesale for Windstream. Thanks so much for uh, for being a guest on the uh, Light Reading Podcast. Really enjoyed the interview. Phil and Kelsey, thank you very much. You know, it's my personal goal for for this podcast. I want to quadruple the number of views you get. I am going to be your biggest advertising agency to get this out there into the to the masses. Because number one, it's important for us to get that message out there, and number two, I, I just think you guys are great. See, Kelsey, we were trying to we were trying to lay low and not do a lot, and now you know we were like, hey, let's start a podcast. Nobody nobody cares about that, and now. Now he's like he's he's raising our profile. Now we've got to do stuff. This is this we're is gonna uh, lose this that. Is uncomfortable, but I kind of like. We're it. gonna lose that whole hipster audience that was here before. <laughs> That's it was right. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> you may have lost that by having me on here. But <laughs> not. All right. Thanks, well, thanks again, and uh, really appreciate it. And uh, thanks uh, everyone for uh, for listening. You there with the headphones. Thanks for letting us invade your uh, personal space. And uh, please do check out the show notes on lightreading.com. dot